guys, welcome back to Astrology and You. I'm Maxine. And I'm Alice. And today's episode topic is the big three. So this is your sun, moon, and rising signs. These are the three things with astrology you might hear people talk about a lot. Like, hi, what's your sun, moon, rising? And maybe you don't really know what these things mean, but that's what we're here to tell you. And knowing what these three aspects of your chart mean is a great way to start learning more about your personality. Yes, it helps so much to get a better understanding of yourself, and it also helps so much to better understand your relationships. In this episode today, we won't be going through what every single sun-moon rising combination is. We're just simply going to be giving an overview of how to interpret these three things and explaining how they're different. And we'll definitely be giving some examples along the way. Yes, so whether this is new to you, you have a general idea, or you want a more in-depth refresher, you'll be sure to learn something new in this episode. But First, let's start with what's currently going on in astrology. This episode is coming out on Sunday, January 24th, so let's look at what the week has in store for us. Alice, do you want to start? Yes. So today's the 24th. The sun has moved into Aquarius. It's met up with Saturn in Aquarius. So when you get the sun and Saturn meeting, this is kind of a hard energy to deal with. Like this is not going to be the most relaxing weekend ever. You may find yourself like wanting to work and push yourself um, towards accomplishing some sort of goal or finding better structure in your life. However, you might be noticing your limitations and you may feel like frustrated or stuck at the same time, or you could be like way too critical of yourself. So just try to be mindful that maybe the work you're putting in now will lead to something greater in the future and um, yeah, just try not to be that hard on yourself. And in addition, Aquarius people, you're going to be feeling this energy for the whole year too. So this <laughs> is like a year to really step it up, like be mature, kind of be working towards something or else you probably will not feel so great about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely been feeling that as well. So that's a great reminder to just be gentle. Yeah, yeah. And then on the 28th, so this is Thursday, that'll also be a big day with astrology. There's going to be a full moon in Leo, which I'm so excited for because I have a Leo rising. And that full moon will be exactly connected with Jupiter and Saturn will be nearby as well. So this is a mixed energy. Um, I feel like with Jupiter conjoined with the full moon, there's going to be more optimism than usual and maybe feeling like anything's possible and really wanting to dive first into new opportunities, new relationships, whatever that might be. Um, or reaching like a happy turning point with something. However, because Saturn is so close nearby, there could also be like a really wanting to push forward with something, but then again, like needing to reel it in a little and realize, okay, I need to do these necessary steps first. So kind of a push-pull with being overly optimistic, but needing to be more realistic at the same time. Yes, and just full moons generally always give an energy of this polarity and tension, this push-pull like you were talking about. So you're going to be more emotional, especially with Jupiter there, but don't push yourself too hard or just react with negativity. Like really try to be more self-aware and use your objectivity to see like the habits, the patterns, the beliefs, maybe even relationships or different things in your life notice which ones are serving you and which ones you're ready to let go of and release. And since this full moon is happening in Leo, this might bring up things you want to release that you can 
that basically will help you to better express yourself like more freely, more creatively, more boldly. Like what are ways you can get in touch with your inner child and express yourself without worrying about maybe what other people think or how it will even turn out. Like just doing it because it helps light you up. So I really feel like this full moon is going to be super powerful if we let it be. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like Leo is such a self-focused sign, but like really in building up the confidence you have in yourself. Um, And I liked what you said about Jupiter. I forgot to mention like Jupiter there can make emotions feel very up and down. Like it magnifies emotions sometimes. So definitely be aware of that too. Yeah. So I mean, definitely the emotions could be positive or negative, but whatever it is, you will be feeling it big. Yeah. And on that same day, Venus is moving into an exact conjunction with Pluto in Capricorn. This is also intense relationship energy. I feel like um, when Venus and Pluto meet, there's a realization of how you may want to transform certain dating habits, relationship patterns, how you can like let go of negative aspects that you keep repeating in your life. So if there's like some kind of need to always control your relationships, or maybe you're always getting jealous when you're dating someone, kind of reeling it in, realizing what parts of how you approach dating may need to be changed. And then Venus also rules friendships and money. So you may realize there's some friendships you need to let go of or that need some changing. Or it could be that your values are evolving and maybe you feel like you want to put your money towards something that you may not have wanted to put your money towards like a year ago. Yeah, hugely powerful for self-transformation. Yeah. And then Mercury retrograde starts Saturday, January 30th, and it goes until February 20th. Mercury retrograde, I'm going to say this once, not a time to freak out. It happens three times a year. Um, I feel like it's made it to be this huge, like, scary thing. But as Maxine is about to explain, Mercury retrograde is, like, completely normal. Yes, so Mercury retrograde, it always asks you to pause and reflect. And for this one in Aquarius, you might be feeling more independently minded. So just be sure to be more mindful of how you are communicating with others. So make a conscious effort to give your loved ones attention. Make sure they feel seen and cared for. Miscommunications surrounding criticism in romantic relationships might pop up. It's also a little more heightened. So just being mindful that you're not being overly critical um, and that if you do have something that comes up and you want to say, you're just really approaching it from a space of love. Yeah, and Mercury retrograde will be happening in all the air signs this year. So that is a shift to having the theme of Mercury retrograde for 2021 being more about how you communicate in your relationships because that's an air sign theme. Um, So that will be something to watch out for for all of the entire year. So that was a little bit about what to expect for this week ahead. And now we'll get into today's topic. As we said, we'll be discussing the sun, moon, and rising. These are called the big three in astrology, as Alice had said, because if you know these three things about someone, you can tell a lot about a person. Pretty much everyone already knows their sun sign. It's the sign you look to for your horoscope. And while your sun sign is so hugely important, there is a lot more to astrology than just your sun. Yeah, so there's a lot to go in here. 
there's a lot to go into here, but everyone has a full birth chart. And this is why it's so important to have your exact time, date, and place of birth and why astrologers will ask for that information. Because when you have that time, you can produce a birth chart. And that's essentially a map of the sky at the moment you were born. And based on where the planets were falling at your moment of birth, that will tell more about what your unique life path is, what challenges you may face throughout your life, what skills and talents come more easily. Um, So you can easily find your birth chart by Googling birth chart generator. However, you will need like an astrologer to interpret it, or you'll have to teach yourself how to read it on your own. But our favorite websites to find a birth chart are astro.com and astro-seek.com. Then there's a new app I really like called Shani, C-H-A-N-I, that will give you a picture of your birth chart too. Um, For this episode to locate what your moon and rising signs are, you will need to find your birth chart. So definitely look it up at these places. Yes, have it ready to go for this episode because we're going to talk all about it. Also, there are many house systems that astrologers use. So if you do happen to look up your birth chart, um, the house system, just change that to whole sign. That's what Alice and I have found makes the most sense for us and our clients. So we'll be using that throughout this podcast. Yes, love whole sign. Okay, let's start with the basics by explaining what your sun sign is. So some when someone says, I'm a Pisces or I'm an Aries, they're talking about the sign their sun was in at the time of their birth. So you don't need to know the year or the time to figure out someone's sun sign. So if you're born like from November 20th to December 20th, you're a Sagittarius. Um, unless you are born on the day those seasons switch, you would need the exact time because that would tell you if you're... Scorpio or Sagittarius, but that gets into a whole other thing. But basically, the sun is your core identity, the part of you that's always evolving and the traits that make you you, your own individual. And I feel like for a while, I was always like, there's way more important things in your birth chart. Like the sun is not that the sun is not everything. But recently, I've been like, okay, wait, I feel like the sun is pretty important. Oh, yes. I, I so agree with that. I feel the same. And I I feel like when you're moving away from just sun sign astrology into astrology, there's a period where you like almost put the sun on a back burner, but it's actually just like so incredibly important. Like if you think of the sun in the solar system itself, it's huge. So of course, like as above, so below, it would affect you proportionally a lot as well. Yeah, I'm all for sun sign now. <laughs> yes, and mine totally, yes, I, I'm a Taurus sun and I totally identify with mine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Um. and the sun is the key to our fullest self-expression. So it's who you strive to become as you assert your individuality and become your own person in the world. It doesn't always come naturally, though. So this is kind of a misconception that, you know, some people might say, oh, I don't know about astrology because I don't identify as an Aries, you know. But that's the thing. In astrology, your sun sign is it represents what you're working on to express more of to come into your wholeness. So giving expression to this part on you and of you and starting to work on that helps you to feel more fulfilled, more creative, more authentic. Yeah, the sun always keeps you moving towards some kind of vision or goal you have for yourself. So you may never feel like you're done growing into your sun sign because 
it's your identity and your identity is always evolving as you grow and certain transits and progressions to your natal sun in your chart will trigger parts of your identity to come out more at certain phases of your life I love that yeah and actually to what you said made me think like sometimes you can almost be too hard on yourself in this area of your son or just become a bit of a perfectionist in this area as well so just working on kind of as you start to build an understanding of your son it helps to be especially patient with yourself in this area and recognize that you actually are doing really good and a lot of people tend to think wow this person's doing really well in this area but we can't see it as clearly ourselves yeah like I have the son in my seventh house so I feel like I you would automatically assume wow she shines in relationships she must be so good at Mm -hmm. having partnerships and romantic relationships when that is like not the case at all Mm, Oh, definitely. Like, so mine is in the 12th house. And (laughs) now I'm more in touch with my 12th house themes of like the subconscious self and all of that. But it took a long time for me to get comfortable looking at those shadows. Also, for some of you, you may you may say like, oh, my horoscope feels off or like, I don't feel like my sun sign, but maybe that's because you're still growing into your sun sign traits. And maybe you need to take a better look at how you can develop those qualities associated with your sun sign. It definitely took me a while to grow into being an Aquarius sun. I feel like all my teens and early twenties, it was kind of always needing to bounce my ideas off other people and follow other people and wanting to blend in with a group when that's like the opposite of what an Aquarius should be. Like Aquarius is like being your own individual, being okay with being weird, kind of being detached from the group. And it took me until I was like 25, 26 to become comfortable with Aquarius traits. Yeah, so important. I really like that. And when you're leaning into activities associated with your sun sign, you may feel more fulfilled. So for example, I myself am a Taurus sun and Taurus suns notoriously like they really love to be homebodies. They enjoy being comfortable, finding their own inner peace, being able to have a sanctuary and being away from the world and having routine. They enjoy that a lot. And so I feel like I went through a period of time where I rebelled against those needs, even though I felt them very instinctively. Like people would in college beg me to go out. They'd be like, come on, you'll have so much fun. And I just absolutely, that was the last thing I wanted to do. But I was like, no, I should want to go out. I should, should, should want to do this or that. Um, And so it's really taken me a lot of time to develop like okay there is a balance here I can go out but also it's important to give myself that space I need Um, or I can travel but I also really need to have a strong home base yeah I remember (laughs) in college you used to go out like all the time (laughs) now you don't at all (laughs) I know it was my Gemini rising (laughs) oh my god I mean same I feel like a different person back then but then um If you're a cancer, you would need to step into traits associated with being like a nurturer or forming a sense of community for yourself, like a more intimate community, though, not a big, like huge group community. So maybe even if you didn't have like the best family situation, maybe creating like a family life of yourself with like friends you care for a lot or people you like want to take care of and you connect to on a more intimate level. So being the leader in those types of situations. 
or also if you're a Virgo sun, maybe you need to step into being more mindful of your health, keeping a routine for yourself, exercising regularly, really taking care of your physical body. And then you may also like tasks or you may feel more fulfilled through tasks where you're helping others in some practical way. So like either giving advice to others or doing little tasks or favors for them. Maybe that also plays into a Virgo-like career. Mm, Yes, if you can tie your career or your calling or your job into your sun themes, it's like amazing. (laughs) I feel like I was able to accomplish that and I'm kind of amazed. Yes, you definitely were Aquarius in astrology. (laughs) Yeah, for those that don't know, Aquarius is the sign associated with astrology. So if you have Aquarius planets in your chart, maybe there's a reason why you're listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Or like 11th house. Yeah, yeah. And also the house the sun falls in shows what area of life you can shine through and where you may find self-expression comes more naturally. So you may feel more fulfilled when putting energy towards the area of life symbolized by the house that the sun falls into. Like we're definitely going to do our whole next episode is on the ne- on the 12 houses of the chart. So this is just kind of an intro. But if you already are familiar with this, um, definitely pay attention to the house the sun is in. Okay, so should we talk about the moon? Yes. So the sun is how you choose to act and what you choose to work toward consciously while the moon symbolizes your instinctual reactions. The moon is your inner world. Unlike the sun or the rising sign, which we'll get to next, the moon is not obvious to others. It's kind of like this hidden private part of you, and it's how you react based on your subconscious predisposition and your conditioning growing up. So maybe as a child, this developed. So rather than being your emotions, though, and this is like a very common misconception, the moon is not your emotions. It's how you express and relate to those emotions. Interesting. Yeah, like Maxine said, the moon is your inner self. So it's the part other people do not see, except for the people that you get very close to. So the moon definitely comes out in intimate relationships and It's good to have when you're looking for a long-term partner or you may already have this with someone, compatible moon signs because it just shows it's easier to live together, easier to develop intimacy with one another. And also with roommates, like having roommate compatibility, um, definitely needing a roommate that has a compatible moon sign to yours. I am a Pisces moon. I had an Aries moon roommate, which is like not compatible at all. It was the worst situation of my life. Oh my God. And then also the moon definitely shows like the little self-care habits you do for yourself at home. So what you want to engage in on a Friday night um, alone or also like the coping mechanisms you turn to when you're anxious in social situations or in some kind of environment which you're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. And it can also give you clues into the inner child, which may come out from time to time. The inner child that needs security and needs emotional comfort and nurturing. Yeah, interesting. What I was looking at today was around the age of 27, everyone goes through a progressed lunar return. And this is when this gets into more complicated charts. But at 27, when that happens and the moon makes an aspect to the natal moon, you learn how to reparent yourself and give yourself the needs 
you maybe didn't have as a child. So that's really interesting. It's like you coming into your full adult. Ooh, I love that. Well, yeah, I'm about to reach that. So I definitely have, I feel that coming. Yeah, I, that whole year, this whole year is going to be parenting (laughs) myself. (laughs) Do you want to give examples on like how certain moon signs might like act in unfamiliar situations? Like Mm, I know, for example, we both have water moons, so I'm not the best in huge group settings. Like my kind of first instinct is to clam up and kind of like observe people at first. I have a Pisces moon and then I also only enjoy social outings when there's a deeper conversation with someone. Like I cannot just like ask about how someone's day is or what their vacation is. Like there has to be. I love, <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, I love talking about relationship problems, why that person's feeling bad that day. I, I just like to go deeper because of that water moon. Yes. And I'm definitely the same for that. I think also because so I have a Scorpio moon and it definitely makes it so I am more intense (laughs) um, emotionally. Um, So I feel like when I'm uncomfortable in a social setting, it's it's more so me just if I don't want to be there, I leave. (laughs) It's not a me hanging around in a corner. I'm very fixed energy like yeah, I don't like this. I'm leaving now. Like I'm very good about boundaries. I've learned to be at least. Um, And so I think that also has to do with other aspects of my chart. But I'm just, if I don't like something, I'm totally okay with leaving. And And what were we talking about the other day when we were, when we were going back and forth about our water moons, about how we, I don't, in a relationships, we tend to like expect the other person to fulfill all of our emotional needs for us. Like we can be kind of needy in that way. Oh, yes. No, just like very needy. I feel like that's a water sign thing that I've just embraced. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then also, I think we were talking about how we need to learn how to be there for ourselves more and how we've learned that through time and error, trial and error. Yeah, water sign moon is definitely like learning to validate your own emotions and like appreciate them instead of making someone else like appreciate them for you. Um, And then also, so just to contrast with that, like an air sign moon is definitely not the same. So Gemini, Libra, Aquarius moon is going to value like quick conversations with other people, being super social, kind of backing off when things feel a little too emotional, especially Aquarius moon. I notice they tend to like change the subject if you start to talk about how sad you are. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, and I also think that sometimes air moons, they you might tend to feel that you talk more about your emotions than process and feel into them. Yeah, yeah, like overanalyzing everything. Yeah, yeah. So like giving yourself time to actually sit with your emotions so that way they can like be processed and leave yeah (laughs) and not just like keep floating around as thoughts and then I guess we have to go through all the rest now (laughs) yeah (laughs) so earth moon would be finding peace and calm in rituals and um like a workout routine food eating healthy like cooking for yourself walking in nature Mm -hmm. like very grounding activities where you're like connected to your body finding security too like making sure even you know financial security or relationship security Mm -hmm. or like whatever it is but finding stability in your life 
And also needing to feel productive. Like you're you're doing something that's getting you somewhere. Yeah, so learning, okay, I'm my worth is not tied up in my productivity. I can chill. It's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if you have a fire moon, I feel like that's more difficult for me to understand fully because I don't have like water and fire as you can imagine like are so opposite so I feel like Alice both of us are kind of like I can't speak a lot to fire moon but I do I feel like I can identify with Leo moon a little because I have a Leo rising so it's a there's some qualities that are the same like needing I feel like with a Leo moon you need some respect or like feeling like you're appreciated like the worst is when you feel like people are ignoring you or just not listening to you like Leo needs that respect and needs to feel special in some way yeah and I feel like it's also just the energy of a fire moon so it's your emotions and then like that movement like your con so for example if you feel frustrated you go for a run you like do some physical activity like Mm -hmm. you're trying to process your emotions like through exercising or like some movement in some way like that can be really productive and needing that next new experience like especially like Sagittarius moon like probably Mm -hmm. always needing to travel and like meet new people and put themselves out there like definitely a little restless energy with a fire I, I have noticed too I really like um fire moons for that they really know how to bring enthusiasm to something and can like lift you up a lot like I think um, they don't like like to wallow in their sorrows, you know? Yeah, and to differentiate, I know we've listed all these qualities for all these different moon signs, and they may sound familiar if you have any of these as your sun sign, but like with the moon sign, these traits come to you very easily, and it's not something you have to work hard at, whereas with the sun, you have to develop, you have to actively d- to develop that part of yourself more. Mm, yes, and I also feel sometimes like the moon itself because it is something that you just naturally instinctively know like it's just how you are and how you operate with your emotions I feel like sometimes it's more difficult to like be aware of projecting it in a positive way like sometimes the moon sign like I definitely know it's true for me the negative qualities or the shadow qualities of it can like come up more easily than with a sun yeah, so if what we were saying doesn't resonate with you at all, you feel like you don't identify with your moon, it might be that your emotional needs were not met as a child, or maybe one of your parents mocked you or put you down for expressing the traits of your moon sign. So let's say you have a Pisces moon and you were super emotional and very sensitive very sensitive as a child, and your dad or mom comes along and is like, grow up, get a thicker skin, I don't want to hear this. Then as an adult, you're going to feel embarrassed or shy to admit that you're so emotional all the time and you may reject that part of you. Or let's say you're a Gemini moon and you were very curious, always asking questions, but you were told by a parent or a teacher to be quiet, like they didn't want to answer your questions. Then as an adult, maybe it's harder for you to be social and like express your knowledge and have conversations with people naturally. Um, So yeah, learning about your moon and leaning more into it, if this does resonate with you, will help you to find greater emotional stability um, when you're going through harder situations or um, just kind of difficult life experiences. I think 
the one thing about astrology that I look back on and it has changed my life so much is learning about my moon sign especially because it's opposite of my son oh yeah it really helped me to understand myself better you're born at a full moon so that is really like your emotions are at odds with kind of your thoughts and again similar to the sun the house the moon is located in your chart is an area of your life that is important for you to tend to your emotional well-being so that house and the areas associated with that house indicate how you may want to be nurtured and feel and how you can feel more nourished so it also indicates activities that you want to participate in to give yourself a sense of calm and security but the house where the moon is also shows an area of life where you may experience a lot of emotional ups and downs too so the sun and moon are hugely important, um, and it's really important to also find balance between those two, like whether or not you have an opposition like I do, but like they might be contrasting one another, and so it's really important to find ways that you can balance them out. And so for the last part of our episode, we're going to discuss the rising sign. Yes. So just to define the rising sign, um, the rising sign is the zodiacal sign, which was rising over the eastern horizon at the time you were born. So to find out the rising sign, you do need like exact, exact time of birth, like even 15 minutes off could make a difference in whether you're a Scorpio or a Sagittarius rising because the rising sign tends to change every hour, hour and a half. Um, and the degree of your exact rising sign will change every few minutes too. The ascendant line, you might hear that a lot. That's the same as the rising sign, but it's just like the ascendant line is like the exact degree, the angle that the rising is on. Um, and it shows how we meet life, the way in which we approach the world and the lens through which we approach what we want to accomplish in life. Um, and also the rising sign shows how people automatically see you, like the image you project out there. So this is why some people, I don't know, maybe you're a cancer with like an Aries rising. You're probably going to seem like way more outgoing than a, a cancer with like a Scorpio rising because people see you with those Aries, like ambitious, um, let's get it going type of traits. Yeah, definitely. And I think also too, sometimes the ascendant or rising sign can be a little misunderstood or downplayed. Sometimes you'll hear it being called a mask that you wear to the outside world. And I feel like we're going to talk more about it because it's just so misunderstood. Like it's that's oversimplified. It's so much more than just that. Yeah, like that's a very like, I feel like superficial definition. Like, oh, it's just your appearance. It's like your mask when... No. Yeah, no, it's such a deeper part of you. Yeah. At the same time, it is how other people might automatically see you, but it's just like one facet of yourself. It's like the image that you consciously, like you try to project it out there because it will help you achieve something in your life that you're meant to achieve. And so this facet comes comes out more when you first meet people and it's also the traits that come out in situations that are new to you so it's how you see and approach anything that might put you a little out of your comfort zone um, so it could be like if you're a Sagittarius rising and you have a new project you 
are going to be very optimistic about it and you're down for anything you're very like have a bright vision for it and super resilient like when other people throw in the towel like you're more motivated to work on something um but that being said a shadow side of that sagittarius rising is you might tend to take on too much like the fire in you you kind of um don't know how to say no when it comes to your energy yeah just a contrast with sagittarius rising since that's such a like go-getter rising sign um Capricorn and Scorpio are two sign, two rising signs that are going to be more hesitant about what they take on. Um, they're going to be more cautious about jumping into anything too quickly. They kind of, both of those like to feel out their situation. Um, Capricorn rising might instantly think of the worst possible scenario that can happen, or they feel like they need to have a very specific plan in place before they commit to anything. And then Scorpio rising is notoriously a more private rising sign. Um, They're not going to immediately show you who they are and they might be a lot more private of a person. They kind of control what they, what parts of them they give off to other people. Mm, Yeah. And a Libra rising, um, that's one of my favorites, but it just would make you maybe more diplomatic. You consider other people's feelings and other people's perspectives, opinions, viewpoints, and so it makes you really charming and you're always like asking what other people think before you like initiate something or you try out something so it it might make you though on the other side too indecisive because you're always just like so acutely aware of all the possibilities and what everyone else wants rather than like really honing in on yourself and being like okay this is what I need for me Mm. yeah Libra rising is like they're also very nice and gentle, but like sometimes too nice. It's like you need to stand up for yourself. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like with everything we just described, like this is specifically for how you meet the world. Like again, to like just tease it out from the sun or the moon. Like whenever you're interacting with the outside world, this is the lens through which you'll do that. Yeah, and the rising sign is also the guide that gives us clues into how we should develop our sun sign um, and our unique identity that comes with the sun. So by tapping into the qualities of your ascendant, you can more easily realize the traits of your sun. So for example, let's say someone has a Leo sun with a Libra rising. Maybe this person needs to develop those Leo sun traits of being creative and being more center of attention or giving like all their energy to like some kind of performance or art project or like passion project. They can better realize that. Let's say they have a Libra rising. So they would realize their unique traits within partnerships. Like the Libra qualities would help them realize the Leo qualities, if that makes sense. Mm, Yes. And also because the ascendant is the marker of that first house in your birth chart, which is hugely important, any planets placed on the ascendants or even in the first house will be more important to you personally. And sometimes it can also make it so that way you don't fully identify as like a Gemini rising fully or like a Capricorn rising fully if you have a planet there that contradicts it like if you have Uranus in the first house you won't fully identify as a Capricorn yeah and then also um 
I'm trying to give another example. Like, so going back to Sagittarius rising, if you have a Sag rising, but Saturn's in your first house, you're going to be a lot more reserved and toned down than a f- just plain Sagittarius rising. Because like the Saturn, the qualities of Saturn, having them close to your ascendant line will force you to be more realistic about how you approach life and definitely more cautious. Yeah, so definitely like there are a lot of factors to take into account, but your first house is so important. So definitely check to see if you have any planets there. Um, And since we talked about the moon as well, like if you had the moon in your first house, you just might be more reactive, more nurturing, more intuitive, um, no matter what your rising sign is. Yeah, I love the rising sign. Do we have anything else to say on that one or should we go to Q&A? I think just like to add that spiritually like the rising sign is literally when you took your first breath of life so it's hugely important i think the rising sign is so misunderstood because we as humans can't even fully appreciate how important it is do you want to finish off with the q a alice yes so lastly we have some questions that you guys have asked um i'll start with number one what's the best place for a beginner to start learning astrology So when I started learning, it was, I don't, it wasn't the most organized way of learning. Um, It's basically like I pulled up my own birth chart. I started Googling what every single planet meant where. Then I slowly started to buy books. And um, I have a whole list on my website, stockalice.com, of books to buy, whether you're beginner or intermediate. Um, But a good one I know is like the only astrology book you'll ever need. I also love like the 12 houses. Um, I'm trying to think, Maxine, do you have like, what's that Jan Spilner book that she makes good beginner ones? Yes, I like, I love Jan Spiller. She's a really good astrologer and she just kind of talks about astrology from the perspective of spiritual astrology. And so if you are curious about like even reincarnation or past lives like it's kind of a deeper look in that area of astrology because there's so many different ways of and lenses of looking at astrology so kind of like getting clear on what that is and then from there choosing some really good basic books to get you started but also when I first started it was websites are helpful but like sometimes the internet has very negative interpretations of what each yeah so yeah so it'll give like the worst case scenario of like a Saturn placement or like a sun sign (laughs) or a Scorpio Scorpio moon for me it was I was like scared away for like a good like a good while (laughs) yeah so if you are gonna learn on websites and stuff like that take it with a grain of salt and definitely invest money into books too um And then also practice, 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 like do the charts of everyone, you know, because that will really give you an idea of how the signs manifest in people a little differently with each person. Yeah. It's not like a cookbook, um, like, oh, they have a Scorpio moon. They're going to exact, they're going to act exactly like this. Like each person's going to kind of work with that energy a little differently. Yeah. And also making sure like that you're not, you know, assigning things to people and putting them in boxes like if you are reading their charts maybe like asking them questions Mm -hmm. or like first asking if they want it read yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um yeah and also our podcast so that's a great place to start (laughs) um number two scorpio sun leo rising and gemini moon do these signs fight with each other Ooh, 
I love this question. Yes. Um, so what's really interesting is I feel like, first of all, like Alice, this person has signs that we have in our big three combined. So mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. feel like this is a person who's like combined of both of us. Oh my God, it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think... The first thing that jumps out to me is the Scorpio sun in this lifetime and then the Gemini moon kind of fight with one another in that the Gemini moon is looking for more more variety yeah and like wanting to be in social settings and like exchanging ideas and it's much more cerebral whereas Mm -hmm. the Scorpio sun is like I don't want anything superficial. I want, to, like, it's very intense. So I think that contrast, Leo rising too, is, like, kind of more Gemini in flavor. And I feel like the Scorpio sun isn't a hard aspect to the Leo rising. Like, those two clash for sure. Um, so there may be, like, it could just be more difficult for them to express themselves. Also, that would put their sun in the fourth house. So they their personalities kind of developed in the home sphere and getting creating more of a family and stable home life for themselves which is yes yeah that's those fight with themselves is not like horrible it does fight yes but also that's like not a bad thing it means you have so many awesome different parts of your personality number three sun and ascendant are together in my birth chart does that have special meaning so that means your sun is in the first house. I just feel like it means you're very much that sign. And it's also a life where it's a lot about your own self-discovery. Because like the mm. rising sign is helping you to tap into the sun, which is also located where the rising sign is. It's like <laughs> you're really discovering who you are and learning how to prioritize yourself. Yeah. And how other people perceive you when they first meet you is very true to who you are like the core of yourself your son so you might seem very genuine also I've noticed son son and ascendant when those two are together the person's very hyper aware of how other people see them and very self-conscious sometimes yes yeah that would make sense too um I'm a Capricorn sun Aries rising Leo moon any 2021 themes you can tell me based on that I feel like with the Leo moon and how there's so much Aquarius, Jupiter and Saturn are in Aquarius for pretty much all of 2021, you're going to meet probably more challenging situations through partners. Like maybe you might notice there's some kind of partnerships in your life that are more critical of you or you're having to work on your partnership skills a lot more. Yeah. And friendships as well, like being in the 11th house, Jupiter and Saturn. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say like a year where you're learning how to work with other people more. Mm, Yes. Okay, well, that is it. Yeah, so that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you learned something new. Yes, and if you like this podcast, please leave us a review so we can reach more people and build our astrology community. Also, feel free to reach out to us via email or Instagram with your astrology questions, and we'll be sure to answer them here in the future at the end of each episode. My Instagram is Maxine Luthia, M-A-X-I-N-E-L-U-Z-I-A. And mine is Stock Alice, S-T-A-L-K-A-L-I-C-E. See you guys next week for a look into the meaning of the 12 houses in astrology. Yes, we can't wait. Bye, everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah